Shavua Tov, everybody, and welcome to Parashat Tetzaveh. There was once a tourist who traveled many miles to a faraway land to find a certain guru and to see if maybe he could learn some of life's most important lessons. And upon finding this guru he was seeking, the man asked, he said, Guru, what's the secret of happiness? And the guru replied, The secret of happiness is do not argue with stupid people. The tourist responded, that's nonsense. To which the guru responded, you're right. Well, this past week, I've been listening to a really fascinating audiobook called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And he mentions that we all have that voice inside of our heads that's constantly making itself known to us. And if you're like me, you frequently find that voice arguing with itself like some kind of mental patient. Now Singer explains that there's something that all religions and all spiritual traditions have in common. All the ancient teachings attempt to help the human being connect to our higher self. In the West, we call that higher self the spirit. In ancient Chinese medicine, it was called qi. In yoga, it's called shakti. But no matter what tradition you follow, Michael Singer says as follows. There is nothing more important to true growth than realizing that you are not the voice of the mind. You are the one who hears it. All the thoughts and emotions that emerge into consciousness do not define you. They don't make you pure or impure. They're not your essence. You are the one who is watching. And that one is pure consciousness. You may have read the parasha these past couple of weeks. And you may have been left with a sense of complete confusion. Here we are in the middle of the most epic book of the Torah, Sefer Shemot, which tells of the mighty new nation of Israel storming out of Egypt with countless wonders coming face to face with God to receive the Torah. And all of a sudden, here we are, the last couple of weeks, and all we have are some very specific blueprints, some dimensions for very particular furniture, a laundry list for the Kohanim, What happened to all those wonders, all the spirituality that was snowballing these last few weeks? Well, to answer this, let's begin by noticing the many parallels that exist between these parashiyot and Megillat Esther, which we're going to read very soon. In both contexts, we see Techelet V'argaman, we see a beautiful blue and a royal purple. We see Zahab V'chesef, we see gold and silver. And you could compare the language that's used by the Megillah describing the inner chambers of the king's palace, which are all too similar to the Kodesh HaKodashim of the Mishkan. And beyond that, we keep hearing the word Bira, Bira, as we read through the Megillah. We keep hearing the word for capital city. And if you're a reader of the Tanakh, you know that in the rest of the Tanakh, the word Bira only appears in one context, and that is Yerushalayim HaBira. The real capital city, says the Tanakh, is Yerushalayim. It's not this place somewhere in Persia. It's not Shushan Habira. So the writer of the Megillah seems to be telling us that as similar as these two places may have seemed on the outside, the Mishkan and the palace of Ahasuerus, in truth, these two places could not be more different. So to answer the question that we raised earlier regarding the Mishkan, 
according to the teachings of Rabbi Solomon D. Sassoon, the rabbi of Rabbi Shama and Rani Benin, these blueprints were not just physical blueprints. They were also spiritual blueprints, or a guide to meditation. Each level, he says, of the Mishkan represents a level of spiritual growth that we can attain through meditation, with each utensil and each garment representing a different message that we must internalize in order to unlock new spiritual heights. And just to give you a small glimpse into what he may have meant, rather than keeping you in the dark about this, just like there were three separations in Genesis, we know the first separation was God separating the light from the darkness. And on the second day, God separated the waters, the ones above and the ones below. And finally, on the fourth day, it also uses the word lehavdil, talking about the new purpose of the celestial bodies, the sun, the moon, the stars. They're supposed to be They're supposed to separate out times. They represent time. So what we see God creating in the beginning of Bereshit are the most fundamental physical concepts. Energy is light. Space is the separation of waters. And time is the celestial bodies. Energy, space, and time. You can't get more fundamental and basic than that. And so God creates the world as a space for Bnei Israel in which we could grow, in which we could know Him. And copying God, we do the same thing. We create a space for God. And we say, God, we want you to dwell in this space. And God is, of course, going to dwell among us. And that place is going to be called the Mishkan. And just like God makes three separations in His creation, B'nai Yisrael make three separations in our creation. We separate the outer courtyard from the Kodesh, from the Holy, and we separate the Holy from the Holy of Holies, from the Kodesh of Kodashim. And even within the Holy of Holies, there's a separation in order to get into the Aron itself. And if you're a close reader, you notice that at each level of an interface of Kedushah, of Holiness, you see Kedubim. You see knitted into the walls of the Mishkan are these cherubs, these angelic beings, knitted into the, the, the cloth of the parochet, separating the holy from the holies of holies, is the kerubim once again. And finally, on top of the Aron itself, is these kerubim. So something is going on here. And what it seems to be, is just like we have in Bereshit, in Genesis, after Adam and Eve get kicked out of the garden, God places the Kerubim to guard the way to the tree of life. And what is that tree of life? That tree of life is the Torah. The Torah is the tree of life to which we cling. So it seems that what the Torah is saying is that if you want to get back to the garden, if you want to return to God, you got to go through these separations. you got to get through the Kerubim. The same way it was in Genesis, so too it is in the story of the Mishkan. So I think we live in a time right now where things may seem pretty empty for us. You look outside, you see everyone going crazy about coronavirus. And, you know, we find ourselves often seeking spirituality in vain. And as young adults or maybe older adults in the Syrian community, we feel the tremendous pressure to amass as much wealth as we can, often working tirelessly, even at the expense of our mental health, and often at the expense of our spiritual health. I think these parshiyot and the holiday of Purim are trying to make us see the very same truth. The holiday of Purim is all about jest. It's all about mocking the facades that we put up and the personas that we construct, hinting to us 
that our true place as Jews is in Jerusalem. It's in a place of spirituality. The parasha is about seeking beyond the physical structure of the Mishkan and challenging ourselves to internalize the deeper spiritual truths that lie in its depths. So the truth that we must learn is the same truth that Michael Singer talks about in in The Untethered Soul. And that is that the inner energy of life is the most important thing in life. If we so choose, we can have our hearts open to the spiritual energy flowing through us at all times. The human condition can become completely transcendent whenever we choose. But we allow our minds, that mental patient inside of our heads, if you will, to create triggers that open and close us. So staying open to life's experiences really is just a habit like any other. It's a muscle that we can learn to flex if we so choose. And if we keep our hearts open, so much energy will flow in that it will start to flow outwards as well. This energy affects other people and feeds them as well. If you remain open to that energy, the flow continues and you become a source of light and inspiration for all those around you. If you wish, you can take it upon yourself to learn to work with this energy. Through meditation, through awareness, and through willful efforts, you can learn to keep your energy centers open. There really is nothing in the world worth closing over. So let's make it our life's mission to see past the Techelet and Argaman, the beautiful house and deal in the Mercedes. Let's see past the frenzy that's going on in our world over coronavirus so that we can re-enter the true palace of God and walk alongside our Creator in the garden whenever we please. Thank you very much and Shavuot Tov.